Hey, I'm Chris Garneau, and you're listening to Sticky Jazz. The opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Jeremy Hinks and Sticky Jazz Podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else on this planet. All right. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm Jeremy Hinks, the man of a million musical opinions, all of which happen to be correct. This week, I have the uh, Australian uh, Maori uh, queer rocks musician genius, uh, Jen Cloher. She uh, she covers uh, everything on the spectrum to talk about as far as uh, what she thinks we could change in this world. She's one of the most wonderful people I've ever spoken to in my life. And uh, this has just been one of the more amazing conversations I've ever had. And uh, so I'm going to kick this one off with... Uh, she, she just released a new record called I Am The River, The River Is Me. And here is the single Mana... Takatapui, that is, uh, that's Maori, that's her native language from the uh, people of New Zealand. Enjoy, everybody. Let's all sit back and do that sneaky dance. I know you're weak. I know you struggle just to blink. You held a queen and traded hood out for a joker. Now a gay like me, a gay like me is in your dreams. A gay like me is in your dreams and always will be. Hey, I know I still got a Shine around me Hey, I 
Okay, everybody, welcome to Sticky Jazz. Good day. I'm Jeremy Hanks in Salt Lake City. Today, I have Jen Clower. I believe she's somewhere in Australia, right? Is that where you are? That's that's right. I'm actually uh, in Melbourne, uh, otherwise known as Nam, on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And yeah. Um, it's really hot here. I know we're degrees centigrade and you're Fahrenheit. So you well, it, it the is the middle of your, yeah, it is the middle of your summer there. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. Um, and it's also, you're on Friday, right? It's Thursday where I'm at here. So you're in the middle of Friday. So, um, no, I, I actually took my ice trays out, set them outside today because it was colder outside than it is in my freezer to make ice with so that's that's how cold it is where i'm at here so uh this is jen clower um she is uh an australian queer uh activist musician and all around i guess artistic individual right is is that the best way to describe you because i've been i think so yeah i mean i probably all i'd add to that is uh you know, particularly in reference to my my new album, my fifth album, which is out soon, uh, is that I'm Māori. So the Māori are the Indigenous people of New Zealand, Aotearoa, uh, and my people are Ngāpui and Ngāti Kahu Ki Whangaroa. Um, so that's a really big part of how I identify, probably less so as an Australian today, as I've kind of unpacked some of that cultural heritage, but I was born and raised here in Melbourne. Um, I've lived most of my life in Australia. Okay, because the album, like you just mentioned, the album is I Am The River, The River Is Me. Um, and uh, this is your your first album in uh, five years, right? You started uh, the, the record, you started Milk Records with your wife, Courtney. Um, but uh, I, uh, I I have to say, okay, so you're a publicist. I love the guy, okay? Just that, Jim, greatest guy in the world. He's given me some amazing people. But he sent me the record about uh, a month ago, probably three weeks ago. And he said, what do you think, right? And I started playing it. And the first thing I thought of was, it reminded me of all the good stuff I liked about Belly. If you remember Belly back in like 93, right? It's like it reminded me of the all the all that I liked about when Belly first came out, and uh, then I just I, I wrote back. I said, "Yeah, I love this." And he said, "Great, give her a spin. We'll try and get you, you know, get you on the show here." Uh, I fell in love with this record. I absolutely just melted. It is so powerful. It is such a great album. And it's days like today, I get to tell people like you, I love my job because I've been listening to this record before anybody else gets it. It is a masterpiece, really a wonderful album. Thank you. Wow, that's such a um, a wonderful review to receive from the other side of the world. I think what I really love about that is, you know, it's the language of the heart at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, we can come from all different all different backgrounds and cultures. We can talk to all different things in our songs, but there's a really common thread of humanity 
you know, that we actually feel and think a lot of the same things. Yeah. Well, so uh, just kind of funny about this. Well, not uh, funny, just uh, so you're married. So I have probably played rugby with your cousins up here in Salt Lake. <laughs> I know you got cousins here in Utah. If you're Maori, you got cousins in Utah, right? And I played rugby with them. I, I'm sure I have. I'm sure you, you know, it's so I have a fantastic love of the Maori culture and, and your people. So, oh, so cool. Um, I'm so curious, like, do you know why there's a big Maori community in Absolutely. Utah? I will tell you why. The Please. the Mormon church. Ah, um, of course. Yeah, enough said, right? Enough said. You you totally get it. There's I mean, the 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 prime minister of New Zealand, she was raised Mormon. There's a lot there and they've all I'll, I'll go actually I'll go into that. I will ask your opinion on a couple of these things. Believe it or not. Um <laughs> So, uh, do you know who Gina Colvin is, by the way? Have you do you know who that woman is at all? I don't know. Okay, she's a Kiwi, um, very outspoken academic critic of the LDS culture, of the Mormon culture, because of how they kind of went in and snuffed out and changed the the narrative or changed part, tried to change the religious history of the Maori people to fit the mormon narrative and she really has a big bone to pick with the mormon church on that i was raised mormon i'm not anymore but i was raised mormon and so that was a lot of my upbringing was that and we all looked at the polynesian people as you know part of this whole made-up story the way that the mormons tell it but um so that was where i learned so much about the maoris and the just the the the, the polynesian people in general was from my religious upbringing, believe it or not. And so you got to look up Gina Colvin because if she's, if you want an outspoken person for your, your people, man, she lets everybody have it. She's great. But she's a, yeah, she's an ex-Mormon too. She's a fabulous lady. Very, you know, outspoken academic. She's wonderful. Um, But, uh, okay, so the new album, right? It's called... Um, I'm the river. The river is me. Right. Um, I had it uh, on my phone and was listening to it in the car. I didn't watch any videos of yours until I actually had to sit down, but I was driving around a lot the last couple of weeks. And so I was just listening to it and, and the videos you're, you're a great storyteller. Okay. I love it. Um, and then watching the videos really kind of solidifies a lot of things. But uh, let's see, there, there's the, the opening song on the record is, I know I'm going to totally screw this up, Mana, <laughs> Mana Takatapui, right? Yep. And, Close. okay. But you Mana, go. that's the main thing. Uh, hey, it, so, but you, it, so it means... Mana is prestige, authority, influence, and power or spiritual drive. In, in Hebrew, it would be called Sorn. Um, mm. And then the second word, just please, that's yours. Go ahead. Let's hear it. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm not even going to try. That's Takatapui. Takatapui. Okay. Great. Okay. And uh, what does that mean? Well, pre-colonization, uh, it meant a close friend of the same gender. Mm -hmm. 
it's very hard to really know, you know, exactly what that meant in our culture. Um, there's definitely people doing a lot of work to uncover and explore that, a lot of takatapui, in fact. Now it means um, if you're Māori and you come from the queer community, so LGBTQI, right. um, yeah, so it's a modern way of saying you're Māori and queer. Okay, that's a beautiful way of saying it, right? Like uh, mm. here in in America, the the natives would uh, the the we first Americans in Canada they would call the first Americans, but here they would say uh, uh, either dual spirit or the third gender, right? Mm. And I've interviewed plenty of of Native Americans that were ah, I'm dual spirit. I think that's such a cool way to put it, or or the third gender, which is a a different approach to it as well um and and like you said pre-colonization right that's uh that's a that's a theme that i see in a lot of your work uh the the line in that song okay there's so much beauty that i your your lyrics are fabulous okay a gay like me is in your dreams and always will be right that was that was such a cool line it's like we've always been here and we always will be right and we, the stupid, white, heterosexual, Christian male world, <laughs> needs to accept that. Just you always have been, you always will be there, right? Yeah. Um, but then there was that unashamed, beautiful Polynesian woman in the dress said, uh, decolonize yourself, right? Like, yeah. I, th that video was so cool. I was like, man, like there's so much to unpack in your videos. Mm. Uh, um but then then how you frame it in in your lyrics i'm just gonna i'm just gonna uh, read some here okay our tiny world a fragile eggshell eggshell tumbling swirl cracking open there's an ocean flooding in now i won't drown babe you can save yourself a golden thread above my head i'm getting out now what was the like is is, is that like we've opened the floodgates we're becoming who we really are i mean tell me what that was because it was just such a great line that that whole that verse but yeah please talk about that if you could i love this yeah. record please just go on oh. sorry i'll shut up now no i love it i i could sit here and and listen to you talk about my record all day um yeah no i think uh I, it's great to hear your interpretation and i love that about songs is that you know really what i think or what i wrote once it's out in the world, it's really none of my business, you know. Um, for the 40 minutes that I'm in your headphones or in your car, that's a really privileged, that's a really privileged place to be. And I don't want to waste any time, you know. I want to have a conversation with you and that's really how I approach my songwriting. I guess that verse, it, it, it can be seen as a, as a collective um, or the individual, but I think it's really about, getting out of something that isn't working for you anymore, you know, getting out of the chaos um, and those opportunities in life where you realise, all right, I'm out, see ya, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, and oh, maybe yeah. for you it was getting out of the Mormon church, you know, like who knows, it can be anything really, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, like uh, my friend, uh, a friend of mine, I was talking to him about leaving, he said, if you're on the plane and it's crashing, right, are you going to put your mask on first before you put it on the person next to you? 
right? You know, he said that that that's his analogy of why he handled his leaving the church the way he did, and it was, you know, um, I I like you said, man, music. That's how we connect on so many levels here. Um, your song, my witch. Okay, now I heard it first. Now, now let let me just say, I heard it a lot first. Okay, driving in the car, enjoyed it. Okay, fabulous work there. The video was like, oh shit. Okay, <laughs> that was so homoerotic. That was the point. I know. I get the point of I what think it it's was. Just, I think it's just erotic, Jeremy. Let's face it. <laughs> it was. I was like. Wow. Yes. I don't think there's anyone with a pulse on this planet that wouldn't find that hot, regardless of your gender or sexual preference. <laughs> I was like, okay, is she playing with the male gaze here or whatever? They're just having fun. But the, but the, the sound was great. It had, I don't know if you know who the artist Kay Flay is, the American uh, rock hip hop artist. You had like this kind of vibe of some of her work underneath. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a good groove. I'm enjoying this. And then lyrics were very different than, than Kay Flay. But Kay Flay, she's also queer, by the way. She's, she's gay. Wonderful. But I was like, okay, what's the point of using the term witch here? If you want to be my witch, if you want to be my witch, right? Baby, when you take it slow, I don't want to miss the, the part of this. Like, all of that was crazy. And then you switched it just immediately to like, okay, now we're here in this hot tub eating fruit. Okay. <laughs> with, with the non-stereotypical uh, queer folk that was so beautiful. You're like, we're just here being who we are and eating grapes and watermelon and, <laughs> and laughing. Right. But what, so you're celebrating at the end of it, but go on, talk about, cause I, 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 the, 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 the story that I was getting listening to it was very different than the video yeah I mean you know I think the the song itself doesn't for a minute skirt around the edges that it's talking about a sexual encounter right and I and I was you know I was probably trying to go for uh you know my own version of WAP um that iconic song um I don't know whether I should say that out loud on air but everyone will know what WAP was um but yeah, I think uh, the the joke in that song, and this is very regional, you know, it's very Nam Melbourne-based joke, is that Georgia Mack is a songwriter and a performer as well in quite a well-known punk band that actually just called quits, called Camp Cope. Um, really political. They've really changed um you know, the music industry here in Australia, they've really talked about the lack of, you know, women and non-binary people, um, <clears throat> you know, given those main stages and just, just huge work. They've changed the music industry, often at a great cost and sacrifice to their own career, which is super brave. But Georgia Mack is iconic. You know, she's one of the, she's like 28. She's already iconic. Um, and so I thought it would be great to have us in a gym getting hot and sweaty and then when we moved to the spa cauldron scene which is full oh, yeah, of her right. coven so this is her right, coven okay. of hot witches okay, okay so they were the witch okay all right because but the way that, but okay yeah right, but they're on. all really well-known songwriters and performers here in 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 australia 
Um, so everyone in that spa has quite an amazing body of work. And so I and quite an amazing funny. body. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> that too. There's some great bodies, uh, great bodies of work. And it was really just to have a bit of fun. And I think also, you know, just to shake people up a bit, because I think people get an idea of who you are. Oh, you're that serious person that writes, you know, political music or music that isn't frightened to have a voice around, you know, current day issues. Um, and I think this song was just like, yeah, but also I can have a bit of fun. So here we go. Well, again, it's a far cry from Duran Duran's version video of the chauffeur, which had the, I mean, you're like, yeah, we're, we're all the stops, man. Let's throw it all right in your face. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was very, it was fun. It was well done. It was very heavy, intense. Yeah, the sweat or steam, plenty of that going around. With, but I didn't know who half of those people were. So I don't know who any of them were. So, okay, now that you tell the backstory, it makes it that much more funny. That was the coven just eating grapes. Okay, let's do this. All right. And so, watermelon. Let's not forget those. The watermelon. Uh, watermelons. Watermelon, <laughs> champagne, and grapes. That was like, like okay. Why not? Like, Why not? <laughs> But the tattoos and all of that were were very Mary tribal as well. On some of the, I was like, oh, there was at least the the, the face painting was beautiful. It's like that is one of the coolest videos. Aside from yes, it was hot. Yes, there was some <laughs> some very cool things in that video. Yeah. So um, mm. glad you had a good time with that. I enjoyed it. I, I hope it, it's probably getting a lot of uh, a video play up there on YouTube these days for sure. It is. Um, it's ticking over. It's ticking but, over. But the rest of the album is just outstanding, man. Really. Um, mm -hmm. Like, okay, like, I, I, I know you're going to laugh. Like, you're, I, I'm one of those people that's just, I know there's more to Australian music than Midnight Oil and the Bee Gees, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, big fan of the church. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, Steve Kilby, one of the greatest, all that. But I love... There's so many great Australian bands that nobody's ever heard up in the States, right? Uh, did you know Elijah and the Delusionals? Do you know them? I don't know. So you don't? You know oh, well, yeah. Well, you, you, you're going to have to. They they came and toured the States right before the pandemic, and they're mm -hmm. fantastic. They, they've they got this amazing queer bassist. you got to look them up. They're, they're awesome. Right. Elijah and Delusionals. Um, uh, let's see. Your song, uh, okay, uh, just uh, just forgive me for being the, the dumb American who can't pronounce these. Uh, Hera KK, nice, very close, Jeremy. You oh, I, I, was, uh, I'm getting all right. Well. Yeah, no, that was pretty close. Yeah. Okay, Hera KK, Hera KK, Hera KK, that's it. Yeah, if you go to your if you go to your football training next and just say Hera KK and Takatapui, they'll freak out, they'll be like. Whoa, bro! Whoa, where have you been at? Actually, I got something to tell you, Dad. There's a story about that, but okay. Um, the line, beautiful line here. This feeling holds a broken heart that's grieving, rising through my lungs. In my dream, you call me on the phone to say you're not alone. Um, I'm. Are you? And then you went. You you were speaking the the Maori in there again. Don't speak but where when you bring that line up were you addressing queer people or 
uh, people who feel like they've lost their nation, because those are two themes I see rolling through your whole mm -hmm. album here, or not just the album, sorry, everything that you've, I've gone through that. Those are two themes that I, I hear coming up a lot. When you said you call me on the phone, just to say you are not alone. That was so powerful. And I'm mm -hmm. going to bring that up again at the end of this conversation, but talk about that one, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's actually a dream that I had. Um, oh. during the pandemic yeah uh, those two verses um, there's a verse after it so I say in my dream you call me on the phone just to say you are not alone um, and I think I say something along the lines of just let go you don't always have to see and then I say in my dream you are by my side and I see tomoko kowai rangatira mete so basically uh, what I'm saying there is um, uh, I'm looking at a woman, my mother, uh, who's who passed 11 years ago, but she's wearing in, in my dream, she never had one in real life, um, the traditional chin tattoo that you'll see Māori women yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I say, you know, you're a leader and a strong woman. So that that was very much my mother. Um, she actually wrote some amazing books about our people, and this is one of them. This is uh, her last book, Hongi Hika, um, who was a really well-known Ngāpui warrior and chief um, who we are related to. So she's written it, you know, with the permission of coming through that line ancestrally. I am so um, going to introduce you to Gina Colvin. I'm sure she's read the book. I'm sure. So, all right. You, yeah, no, I'm going to look her up after this conversation. Um, you've you've uh, made me curious. But in, in the song, you know, I was referring to a dream where I had I had a really, it was almost like a visitation. And, and I've never had a dream like that before, by the way. And I actually looked up visitation on Google. I was like, what's the difference between a dream and a visitation? And actually, there was a lot written about it. And here's one of the freaky things, right? This is why we're all so similar. In a visitation, they'll often call on the phone. And a visitation is different in that it feels like you wake up and you feel the presence. It's not just a dream like, oh, I dreamt Jeremy came in, you know, last night and we had a burger. It's like Jeremy was here last night and we had a burger, that feeling. And, um, and I just felt like it was a real sign because at that time in my life, <clears throat> um, I was really just starting to step into the Māori world, into learning my language into joining up with Māori groups here in Melbourne. And it's it's big stuff. You know, a lot of grief can come up um, because of the loss of language and culture, of not growing up with your language and culture, and then coming to it later in life. So it felt like my mum really came to me to encourage me, you know, just keep moving, keep walking on that path. And one other thing I wanted to mention in regards to the name of that song, Harakeke. So when I was first just recording the demo, like on my phone, just the guitar part, because I always start with a guitar, find something that feels hooky, and then I'll start to, you know, write a melody and then eventually lyrics. And, and I just saved it on my phone as wild grass. No reason, nothing, wasn't a shred, wasn't a single idea, had not had a dream about my mother. None of these things had happened. 
And then as I started to write the song and see that I called it Wild Grass, I typed into Google Māori word for wild grass and it said harakeke. Now, harakeke is a flax, a wild flax that grows on the side of the road. There's probably plenty in, in Utah. You know, it's like really common. Um, and, and it's what Māori use to weave and make bags and kete um, and, you know, baskets and and so I thought, wow, that's really cool. I love that synchronicity. And so I called the song Harakeke. And it really does honour, I guess, my mother and the line of strong women that I come through because my mother, grandmother, great-grandmother are all wahini Māori, so Māori women. I just want to give you the biggest hug right now. This is so cool oh, hearing all thanks. this. Like, <laughs> if you've seen The Whale Rider, of course, tell me you've seen The yes. Whale Rider. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful film. Yeah, I, I watched that movie. I prayed that my daughters would be that wonderful, would be as amazing as is uh Paikia, you know and yeah. Oh, it was yeah i loved it um all right let's see uh th this album has like it, it had so much like I, I, you probably know i consider this equal to midnight earl's diesel and dust with i mean just where start to finish every song note for note was just perfect okay and the theme was present in the whole thing a midnight no diesel and dust was give it back right that was the point we you know and there's so much of that here i'm like god you're just you're i mean these themes are so powerful uh, that they 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 stand up down there that and and we in america need to hear it you know um but uh i uh let's see geez there's so much going on here i have so many questions all right um that was such a cool story wow i'm like all teared up like all right i'm i'm one of okay all right um your song being human okay that is my favorite song of yours ever of all time like went through your catalog and that one just in the car driving listening to it and i'm just thumping away that reminds me of the feeling there's so much to cover in this. First of all, in that song, you have one hella great bassist in there. Who is your bass player on that song? Because I'm watching that video late. I'm like, like, wow, that was a very difficult playing right there. Impressive. Really good. Um, so pass that on. Tell whoever your bassist is. I'm a big fan. Um, but uh, I felt the rage, right? And even before you got to that part, I heard my friends in there and I, wa I, I wanted to do the haka with them, mm. right? Even before they got to that part in the song, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm probably one of the few Americans that you'd ever meet that does know the haka. I can do, I... <laughs> That's awesome. Well, they, they made me learn. If I was going to play with them, they're like, you're going to have to do this with us, right? So I, <laughs> I learned it. I learned that dance with these guys. Awesome. And it's so powerful. I, I I could sit and watch 20 different teams and clubs and everybody just doing it. It's such a powerful piece. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a dance. It's not just a chant. It's, you know, they do it at weddings and all that. But mm -hmm. watching that video, it, it felt like, I mean, just sounding like it, it felt like the, this coming of age moment of like when... You know, when you're 17 and you feel like I got to get out there and rock the world and make awesome happen, right? That's what <laughs> I felt in that. 
in the first part of this, just the vibe, just the groove for it. Um, but then the lyrics were just like very, very gut wrenching. Um, I was born on Wonder Dre land. Everything I know, everything I have is because of what they lost. Our commonwealth came at their cost. At my school, we only learned how to bury what we burned. Mm. Um, and I remember hearing that and going, ouch, I, I can just feel. And I know that was what you were trying mm. to say is I feel like who I was has been stripped. We were told so we were to we were wrong for thinking even that we could be who we were. You know, and this was taken from us and they've tried to burn it and bury it and hide it. I mean, like that that story, the rabbit proof fence, right? That came to my mind and all this. But this and and how they were trying to snuff out those things. Mm-hmm. And this, this song being human, you know, being human is staying human is listening. Don't turn away from the flame. Don't turn away from the pain. Staying human is listening. That song is so powerful, so inspiring. And then there you are at the end. They're 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 chanting. I'm like, oh, these beautiful <laughs> the video, I was crying. That those people were so beautiful. They're you know? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing. That song should be like that it should be like the most inspiring number for the universe right now. You know, I think people need that message. Go find mm. who you are, learn who you are, do the right thing, get back mm. to who you need to be, right? And so many other That's things. Right. But talk about That's that right. one. Did I miss anything? That song was so beautiful. Well, thank you. And it's, it. you know, I think uh, there's so many things happening in that song and really much like, you know, the work of Midnight Oil, I think you've mentioned, you know, they're they're an incredible band and I think one of the first white male Australian bands that really spoke openly about the politics of this country Australia and Mm -hmm. colonization and land stealing and um, you know really used their their fame and good fortune um to to bring you know to wake people up in this country let alone the influence they had on the the rest of the world and i do think yeah. that this song really does come from a very midnight oil kind of palette in that it's very narrative there's quite a lot of spoken word there's that intensity of the drums um you know there's definitely that influence in that song um I think, like you said, you know, I think um, any nation state, whether it's America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, because we have that history of, uh, you know, the first people, the Indigenous people of those lands being, up, you know, taken off their lands, um, put into missions, put into reserves, um, pushed over to the side, Um, you know, anyone who lives in a nation state who wants to take the time can feel into how 
by the very fact that we're living on these lands, we're benefiting from the terrible things that happen to those people for us to be here. So it's a it's a tricky song because as I started to go deeper and deeper into my my Maori culture, I was left with the question of like, I'm Indigenous, but I live on someone else's land and I benefit from the ongoing project of colonisation just by the very fact that I'm here. Sovereignty was never ceded. There's no treaty here between the Crown and the Indigenous people. We're the only place in the world that does not have a treaty with the First People. It's totally embarrassing. And... I well, guess in in here song, in America, we don't honor our treaties with them, just just so you know, right? Well, I mean, I think that that's the next thing then, isn't it? It's like, do we honor the treaty? <laughs> you know, But just even not having one is kind of horrific. Like it really speaks to the fact that it was invaded. It was an invasion. Mm. Well, there was that Australian band, Yathu Yindi, right? The, uh, mm. the Abri- they, they did that song, Treaty. I remember a long time ago. Treaty yeah. now. Yeah. That's that's. One of the all-time great Australian songs, you know, that that is, that's it, you know, and and it's still, you know, what what's being talked about, you know, 40 years later or however much later it is, 30 years later, which shows you how, you know, not a lot has changed. But I guess the, the last thing I wanted to say about that song is, you know, what I say when I have the Kapahaka, Tea Honey is the name of the Kapahaka. They're good friends of mine. They perform across the album. They'll be going on the road touring with me. They'll be on stages like beautiful theatres with me. Um, and and they were, you know, they've been a big part of making this record. So to have them there in that video clip was very powerful. But, you know, when I say tino rangatiratanga, that is the Māori word for absolute sovereignty. And what I'm saying is, you know, we stand in solidarity with the Indigenous people of these lands. We are Māori. We live on Aboriginal land in so-called Australia and we just want to let you know that you're not alone. We see you and we're here. We see what's happened to your people um, and we don't disappear the fact, you know, that we that that we probably shouldn't be here, you know, but, really. <laughs> but acknowledgement is, is the first sign of respect, though. You know, like even even when remember when the Me Too movement was going crazy, right? When and I know I am a victim myself, okay. And so I understand it when it's as much as what what I could have and what I went through. But when I would see somebody just put hashtag Me Too, I would acknowledge. I would hashtag I believe you, Mm. right? And. Mm. I at least was giving that up saying, I, I might not be able to do anything, but I do acknowledge this, yeah. you know, and, and I, I believe firmly in that. And so like, like last week I drove through Nevada down to Las Vegas to, and I made it a point to stop and get gas at the, uh, at the, the, the native American gas stations where it's just sovereign soil. It's their sovereign soil, no federal tax. I'm like, I want my money to go to those people so that they can rebuild who they are. So I support them in ways that I know that I can, right? But still, what are we going to do? Get off their lands and pack up and me go back to France wow. or to Scotland, right? You know, but- This is it. And and I think you touch on a good point is that I don't think any, uh, any Indigenous populations expect anyone to go anywhere. But it is, I think, um, 
you know, it is time to start giving land back. You know, there's there's swathes of land that are sitting there that are, you know, owned by the Crown. It was never Crown land. It's always been Indigenous land. Um, and I think what you said, you know, just then about sort of like driving through and 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 wanting to, you know, put your money, you know, where your mouth is, there's a lot of ways that we can support, you know, the Indigenous people of our lands um, in those in those ways, you know, it's, it's every everything counts, and and I guess the last thing I wanted to say is the 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 huge loss, you know, when I think about it. Imagine if you know we had arrived here, you know, on these lands and assimilated into Aboriginal culture or Maori culture or you know Native American culture, um, you know, First Nations culture in Canada. Like, imagine how rich. Oh, our cultures would be. A, oh, imagine, and, and respectful. Imagine, and respectful. And the land. Yes. The land, the water, the skies. We wouldn't be going through climate collapse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Peter Garrett hates, he, he says, the devil is the developer. No, sorry, no, the developer is a devil. That was what he said. Sorry, yeah. But you know. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, you know Peter Garrett, obviously, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I watched your KEXP concert, <laughs> and uh, as much fun as that was for you guys to play it live, because you look like you guys are having a good time, I suspect that when you play live, you probably do better having a bunch of people out there dancing with you, right, in front, right? True. Um, you guys so killed it at that, at that KEXP live show. I felt like I was sit watching the the female version of the of the Velvet Underground. Hmm. You were so good. I was like, she needs a black turtleneck and the sunglasses. <laughs> but you were you were just, I mean, your your vocal lines and your style you were delivering that on the song. Um, uh paralysis right paralysis yeah analysis yeah. paralysis yeah analysis too. paralysis sorry but you were delivering like you were lou like you were uncle lou i was so just like blown away by that i'm huge lou, lou reed is the god of rock and roll mm. and i felt like like I, I remember seeing a band called the oregon once it's an all-girl band out, out of uh out of vancouver canada and i felt mm. like they were like this that like all female version of Joy Division that come out a few years ago, right? That was what they felt like. I felt like you were the Velvet Underground, like that. You sounded like it. You were delivering like Uncle Lou, um, and oh my gosh, just so cool. I mean, you guys were just like cool. You looked. I was just. It was so what. It was just an amazing thing to watch, but. I was going through listening to the lines and going kind of chuckling, going, okay, you know, the kangaroo is drinking. The dam is, you know, broke now. The kangaroos are drinking from the pool. I get that, right? We're drying up. I'm deathly allergic to those suckers, by the way. I found that out. <laughs> like, I am, they, like, I, I touched a kangaroo jacket and, and I got blisters. I like swelled up and, oh, and so, yeah, I'm deathly allergic to those suckers. So I'm, you know, if I ever go to Australia, but, um, that KEXP show was magnificent, and I think that like people should that should be like one of your showcase performances. Um, 
but let's see here's uh i'm paralyzed in paradise paralyzed while the handsome uh hanso hansonites take a plebiscite to decide if i can have a wife i pay my fines taxes on time but the feral right get to decide if i can have a wife right yeah I remember yeah. what we, I know exactly what that's about. Well, th th that line, the kangaroos drinking from the pool, different story, different subject, but. Um, <laughs> same song. Same song. I'm like, you just, <laughs> you, 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 you pack so much into your songs, but talk yeah. about that one right there. It just, I, I remember that this was, it's been 10 years now. I was able to, I, I walked my best friend down the aisle at the courthouse and gave her away to her wife the day and like two days after it was made legal here in america when mm -hmm. she finally could and mm -hmm. that was one of the most proud moments of my life was to be there mm -hmm. and i remember that moment 10 years ago and i'm thinking why are we still fighting why are we still arguing about this mm -hmm. but talk about that that song there's 20 themes going talk about it let's hear it yeah well i mean i think the uh the verse that you're referring to, you know, I was writing that song in uh, 2016, 2017. That's when the album was released in 2017. So I was writing it in 2016. And um, there was a lot going on around a referendum, which was a gay marriage mm -hmm. bill that was Yeah, I remember it, yeah. yeah. And, um, and it was, it was, I mean, we're actually now going through another referendum around an Aboriginal voice to parliament or a First Nations voice to parliament, and it has the same weird underpinning where I'm like, why do we all get to vote about First Nations people in this country having a voice to parliament in their own country? Like, they should all just be able to vote and we should abstain. And I felt the same way about that Gay Marriage Act is... I'm here as a citizen, I pay my taxes, you know, I show up. Um, I don't understand why the whole of society in this country gets to vote on a basic human right, which is whether I get married or not, you know. And I could care less about getting married. I've never been married. I don't know where people got the idea. I think someone ran with it in the press that Courtney was my wife. Oh, oh, she's not your and, wife. And she is not okay. my wife. And okay. and we are no longer together. And, oh, okay. And happily, All right. Okay. Happily All so. Right. All right. Happily so. Um, and Courtney Barnett's guitar playing in that song, by the way, is some of the best guitar playing I've ever heard on an album, let alone my own album. She is one of the great guitarists, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and to have her in my band, you know, for, for two albums playing guitar was something else, you know, like for her to give her time and her energy um, in such a generous way, I will always be, you know, hugely grateful. Um, but it was funny because I'm playing the song at that time on stage with my then partner and we were watching this horrible referendum plebiscite, Hansonites are Pauline Hanson, probably the most famous kind of right-wing politician in this country, hugely racist, uh, homophobe, all of it. We, you've got them all over your is, parts of the world. Is your Donald all Trump. around the world. Yeah, yeah is your right. Donald Trump, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> but I guess just the last thing I wanted to say on that particular verse is 
what made me so sad, Jeremy, what made me so sad were the kids, were the kids from rainbow families who had to go to school and listen to all of this rubbish, questioning whether or not their parents' marriage or their parents' connection or their their family uh, was valid, you know, was meant anything, you know. And, and I saw so many of my rainbow family friends um, with little kids really traumatised by that whole thing, you know. And thankfully, you know, there was a majority vote uh, to yes and, you know, the, the bill was passed. But, yeah, that, that stuff is... Is is pretty hard to watch. Mm. Oh, I was I was here fighting for the same thing here mm. with my mm. friends in 2011, 2012, 2013, thinking mm. we just might get it, we just might get it, you know. Mm. And uh uh I mean the the day after the Supreme Court ruled on not the Supreme Court, but the federal courts ruled it unconstitutional to ban it and everyone was trying to get married a half an hour later the lds church was on the phone with the governor saying you stop this and and it was a a nightmare for so many people but you know everyone was rushing to get married before the the governor could stop it and the governor was trying to stop it and because the 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 right were fighting it and everything and just under a year later they finally pushed it through and said no it's it's a constitutional right everybody fuck off go home you know and i was i was overjoyed then i i wish that it's been 10 years i hope that we're like really like really we were we cared about that really we were so afraid look at what awful stuff hasn't happened because they said all the horrible things are all going to happen no None of it happened, right? We're all still here. We're all still paying our taxes and doing what we do, you know? And so, but I, I don't know. You're just delivering it like you guys were, it's her guitar playing was amazing. Yes, absolutely. It's like this whole thing. It sounds like we're like, like as if the Velvet Underground reappeared in Mm -hmm. the way that you guys did. It was so beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, yes, I, I say that as the Lou Reed fan from, you know, I'm the crazy Lou Reed fan here. Yeah. So um, let's see uh, your song, The Wild. Okay. Again, you write some of the best lyrics I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Okay. Uh, you said, leave the wild things where they are. There are worlds you were never meant to see. Silence is golden, so is mystery. And then, and that was that was so cool, right? I, that, but then, how you, you, your next line? Send your camera crew home. Uh, if you need to keep making things, make love to the part that needs you to remember who you are, and always have been. Um, was that? last part uh make love to the part that needs you to remember who you are and always have been is that the 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 nationality or your or or was it to you as a queer person and give yourself some self-care what was i mean i i I 
just trying to dissect that one was mm. such a i mean i love doing it i love not really knowing and just enjoying going through the songs over and over again yeah yeah i mean that's that's actually about all of those wild those those alone you know all of those tv shows where they put people on a body of land to survive on their own and they film it yeah Oh and right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And 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 my I I, I just couldn't watch those shows because my feeling is like just leave leave the wild things where they are, you know. You don't man doesn't have to go into every situation and center themselves, humans, you know, put your cameras down, send your film crews home, you know, and and actually look inward you know, because what I'm asking everyone to do, you know, in this song is get in touch with why humans are here. You know, like, what is our purpose? What are we actually doing here? Because the narrative we often hear is we're a scourge. The sooner we're off this planet, the better. All we're doing is multiplying and destroying everything. And you know what? That's true to some extent, but that's through one lens. If you look at it through an Indigenous lens, if you look at it through the lens of community, if you look at it through, you know, I guess a connective lens, one that connects us rather than isolates us and turns us into awful people, we're here to take care. You know, in Māori the word is kaitiaki, and that is, you know, humans are here for a reason. And our reason is we're caretakers, we're custodians. We're here to look after the beautiful earth that is here and the waterways and to live with the greater than human beings, the other animals, to live respectfully with them. Um, and, and I guess I think that, you know, what's happened to us as humans as we've been separated from our lands, as we've moved thousands of miles to other parts of the world, we've forgotten who we are and where we come from. And I think the great healing is when we can connect with that, we can we can actually connect with what the world needs now, which is conscious, awakened humans that understand their role. Okay, so that the that that's that was summed up in the line: evolution is a bore close to the door. Stop classifying things. Knowing what you've lost doesn't make you found. Right. That yeah. was the point. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, you just explained that. Oh, but, oh. And our, gosh, and our you're, obsession, you're, you're... our obsession, our obsession, you know, I say take your museums down from their perspex clouds. And if you need to keep naming things, name how you were part of this earth and what you'll do to look after her and what you're willing to live without. Yeah, and I guess what I'm saying is like, the sad thing about museums is it's all about things that are no longer here. You know, it's all about naming and classifying things that we're losing, you know, and, and knowing all of these things that we're losing isn't helping us. It's it just creating climate grief. You know, it's just creating a world full of people who feel helpless and directionless. And so I'm, I'm really calling on us to go, no, find out who you are. What does that look like? And then as you go inward, you will start to see, 
your purpose, you know, and I think humans' purpose is to look after things. We're carers, you know. Yes, we fight wars and, you know, like, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on oh, sorry, you know, you, the history but of humanity, <laughs> but there's also that beautiful connection to land. So you're, it's really funny that you're saying this because I, I'm getting all of this. Yes, we do terrible things as people and we develop and we destroy the earth, but damn it, we have good things we should be doing. Do that. Yeah, I, that's your message, right? I guess that's what you're. I think intrinsically our nature is a good one. And intrinsically we know deep down that we are part of this earth. When I say I am the river, the river is me. That's a Maori proverb, uh, what's known as the whakatoki, kawo to awa, ko to awa, kawo. And it's basically just saying, you know, we're not separate from. We are. We came up through this earth. You know, we're creatures of this earth. We haven't been dropped from the sky, you know, even though every single religion would like us to believe that. Um, unless, of course, you're looking at Indigenous religions. And that's the one thing Indigenous religions all have in common. Who are our gods? They're the gods of the earth. They're the gods of the sky. They're the gods of lightning. They're the gods of the wind, you know, the water. Um, that's that's what we have worshipped. And I think when we forgot that we worshipped this beautiful earth that we're on, we forgot our responsibility. Jeez. Okay. Uh, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> wow. And now you, you and I could spend months. Okay. Next song, next song, next. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go to coffee one day and you and I'll, we'll do this for. Oh, have a... If I'm in Utah, I'm looking you up. Salt Lake City. Absolutely. Like yeah. Let's do it. Um, I'll bring you a possum. I'll bring you a kangaroo skin cloth. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, your song protest song, uh, one night after a show, a woman came backstage, said we needed to do something. How do I put into words the hell we just went through? I'm not a protest song. Don't represent anyone. Don't even know myself. Um, there was a story there, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, because there's the, the, there's the line, what use is a protest song? Nobody wants to be wrong. People die for an idea. Um, again, you write some of the best lyrics you've ever heard. Talk about that one, and then I'll do one mm -hmm. more, and then uh, one. I have two more questions after this. Go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's true, isn't it? You know, people die for ideas. You know, they'll they'll die for an idea of how they think the world should be or should look. Um, and I, and I'm not even criticizing that. I think that's the that's the freedom that we have as humans is to work out what we'll die for. Um, a lot of us will die for our children. You know, that's a real tangible living experience. But people will die for ideas. A lot of wars are based on ideas. Um, but yeah, I think um, really in that song, I'm talking about a very specific time in this country that was very traumatic. And it went out all around the world. We had these massive fires that, you know, raised, you know, beautiful, beautiful parts. Yeah. And the smoke was so thick, you could see it over in New Zealand, like thousands of miles across the ocean. We lost billions of animals, you know, billions of beautiful um, 
precious animals that are native to these lands, have a deep spiritual connection to these lands. And I'd played a benefit gig at a classic punk kind of venue here called The Tote. And um, after the show, a woman came backstage and burst through the door and was like really upset. And she was like, we have to do something, you know, you need to do something with your music. Bad things are happening, fires are burning, you know. She was distressed, you know, she embodied, I think what we all sometimes feel is that overwhelm. And I just felt helpless, you know, and, and it made me really think about like, what can I do with my music? Like, what, like, how much does music change anything? Does me singing about any of this stuff or standing up on a stage, you know, like, does it change anything really? You know, I'm just one voice. Um, and I think really this song at the end says, you know, what use is a protest song? if not to feel less alone. And I think that's what it's all about. Like everyone doing their work, whether it's a radio show, whether it's a song, uh, whether it's working out in the community with elders, whatever it is, it's the, the beautiful thing that we do have is a capacity to let someone know that they're not alone. You know, they're not alone in this world. When I go along to a protest march, for example, here on so-called Australia Day, there's a huge movement now where, which is led by Aboriginal people uh, where we have protest marches and talk about the fact that it's Invasion Day or Survival Day for them. Going along to those marches, I can't tell you whether it changes the world, but it definitely makes Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people feel less alone Okay. in their plight. Yeah, yeah and we, that we, is we, that is a beautiful thing. Yeah, we have it here where it was Columbus Day, and now it's um, you know First American Day, right? Native American Day, right? You know, Columbus was an asshole. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, we are coming up on time. One last question: Here in Utah, we have the highest rate of LGBTQ teen suicides, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a crying shame. It's the worst thing in the world here, and. So I ask everybody this, what would you say to the young queer kid who's afraid, who's alone, who's in that vulnerable state? Because now is your chance. Yeah. I would just say, if you can't escape your family at this time, if you're in a situation where your family is an unsafe place to be who you are fully, to be your full self, hang in there because there will be a point where you will be able to go and find your chosen family. You will be able to go and find your people and your community and they will help you to do the work and the healing that you need to do in order to live the life that you were born to live. Wow. Thank you, Jen. Jeez. We could go on for another five hours. I, just, <laughs> I I love your work. I love your mind. I love your lyrics to take it all apart. Um, what song do you want me to to? Uh, I'm I'm playing us out with, um, uh, being human. What What do you want me to open the show with, real quick? Uh. I reckon Manatakatapu is a pretty nice way to okay. open the show. Uh, then that's what I'll open the show with. Okay. So thank you so much, Jen Clower. Everybody, thank you, go, go look her work up. You're going to fall in love with it. 
Um, and Jen, all the best. And I hope to see you on the road soon here in the States. All right. Me too. And, and everybody else, take care, be good to each other, and let music do awesome in your lives. And thank you so much, Jen Cloher, for that conversation. That was one of the most amazing interviews I've ever done in my life. Hope to see you soon. Give you a high five, drink a cup of coffee, and probably just give you a hug for being so awesome. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Special thanks to Barry Andrews of Shriekback for letting us use the theme and title of Sticky Jazz. And I'm going to play us out with Being Human by Jen Cloher. And uh, just go check out her music and the videos. This video especially. Peace, love, and anarchy. Don't stop!